Morning, everybody. Let's pray. Father, we love your word. We love what is written there and how it encourages us. And so this morning, Lord, I pray that we will be mightily blessed as we look at your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're coming to the end of our short series on salvation. We've been looking at the different aspects of salvation through the scriptures. And we have been seeing all these aspects and we're looking at them week by week. And I'm just going to review those uh, that we've looked at because this, uh, this week, my week is the last week, uh, we'll be looking at this subject uh, in this format. So let me just go back and remind you how much God loves you. Remind you how much you are sought after by God. You know, salvation was God's initiative. It was his idea. He wanted to redeem people back to himself who had walked away from him, who had rebelled against him, who lived lives that were horrifically uh, against his holiness and look we, we were just all of us caught up in that and yet God loved us so much that he gave his only son and this is just something so marvelous for us it's so good to see it all again it's so good to go through it again this is this is the power of God in our lives. This is our joy. This is our wonder that God loved us enough. So first week we looked at that he loved us enough to birth us again. We've been born again. We've been given a new life. When we received salvation through Jesus, we were given a new life. We were, we were forgiven, yes. We were filled with the Spirit, yes. But we were given a new life in that spirit. We were alive to God. We were able to follow him and to do what he would have us do. Instead of being in rebellion, instead of being sin-filled and a disaster of a life, <laughs> we could have a new life. It begins again. And then we looked at being justified. We've exchanged our condemned life for Jesus's righteousness and eternal life. Isn't that an amazing exchange? Just as if I'd never sinned. Just as if I'd never sinned. Because of Jesus, because of that death on the cross, we are given this righteousness of his. He takes our sin, he takes our filth, he takes our stuff that is wrecking our lives and he has passed it onto the cross in death and to us he gives his clothes of righteousness jesus became sin he became the bible says he became sin for us on the cross when he hung on that cross he became all the sin of the world in god's sight and he gave us, in exchange, his righteousness. Well, then, 
the third week we looked at ransomed ransomed god pays the ransom we were captured in our old life we couldn't get out of our old life somehow we struggle we fight we want to do good sometimes and sometimes we don't care whether we do good or not uh, but whatever it, the situation we were in we were trapped and caught up uh, in this net of con condemnation sin and death and god sent jesus onto the cross in order that he might pay that ransom price to release us from the power of the devil the world our own sin and death he released us he paid the ransom and then the fourth week we looked at he redeemed us he redeemed us he paid our penalty instead of us so that we could be brought back to him so that we could be redeemed from that position into a position where we were in fellowship with him because of the cross because of jesus we have been redeemed isn't this all wonderful stuff don't you think this is wonderful stuff i think it's amazing uh, you know, as you look at the different angles that, that uh, salvation has, that what Jesus did on the cross uh, just becomes more and more amazing. And so, fifthly, we were reconciled. Jesus paid this price on the cross so that we might be reconciled to God, so that we might no longer be enemies of his, we might no longer be fighting against him, but that in order that we might have fellowship with him, we might be at peace with him, that we might know this wonderful love of, of God that floods our hearts, that we might be totally different people, that we might be reconciled to God, someone in fellowship with God. Wow. Isn't that extraordinary that we could be in fellowship? with god this morning we've been praying we've been talking to god we're not talking to the ceiling we're not talking to the sky we're talking to our father god who loves us who justified us who ransomed us who redeemed us who reconciled us who birthed us to a new life wow wow does it ever get boring to listen to this sort of thing i hope not because it doesn't bore me and i've been a christian for rather a large number of years isn't it amazing what jesus achieved on the cross all of this salvation which so many millions of people have appropriated for themselves have believed and received all of this from one weekend in the middle east 2000 years ago just one weekend just one you know we're thinking about getting away you know lockdowns being eased off and maybe we could get away for a weekend hey just one weekend in history changed everything
Well, today in our final week, we're going to be looking at assurance. Assurance. It's true. Our salvation has happened. It's irrevocable. And it's confirmed in our hearts. It's irrevocable because it's an act of God. And God is not a man that he should lie. He doesn't lie about this. He doesn't change his mind about this. Once it's happened, it's happened for all time. It's irrevocable. And it's confirmed in our hearts by the presence of the Holy Spirit who confirms it to us. So how do we know? Well, I'm going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. And if you've got a Bible with you, I hope you have. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 is the first of two scriptures I want to look at this morning. So Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it slowly, because it's so good to let these words sink deeply into us. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Hey, that's good words, isn't it? Let's read verse 13 again. In whom you also, when you heard the word of truth, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. This week, uh, during this week, we had a Tesco delivery. Now, Tesco deliveries are interesting events because the guys open up the back of the van and they start loading up your trays on the, on the trolley and they trolley it up to your door. And um, there they are with this stack of trays, which you have to take into your home and unload and give the empty trays back. Well, of course, this takes a little while and I always feel a bit under pressure about it to get it done as quickly as possible for the poor bloke standing there twiddling his thumbs uh, and hoping that you will be quick so you can have a tea break or something. So I'm always rushing in and out. While I'm rushing in and out, this fellow is standing at my study window looking in. And after about three or four boxes, he said to me, a lot of books in there, mate. So I said, yeah, yeah, they're theology books. I'm a retired church pastor. And he said to me, oh, I'm of the Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens religion. So for those of you who don't know, Dawkins and Hitchens were and are very, um, very, what shall I say, very uh, determined 
atheists who are very much uh, against religion of any sort um, because they have a very, uh, I would think, depressing view of life, that there is no God and that it's all an accident of creation, it's all an accident and, well, you need a lot of faith, which is why I said to him, I think you need a lot of faith. But he he said, but, you know, have you read any of their stuff? Well, fortunately, I have. So I was able to say, yes, I have. And we had to end it there with the last box. And um, off he went. And I thought about it, and I thought, how sad that he's been caught up in man's philosophy to that extent that he was so sure that, that this man's philosophy was right and if i'd had longer to spend with him i might have asked him how sure he felt about that really when we look around at creation and everything that's in the in the world and the cosmos it's very hard to believe in accidents you can add a few noughts to the history of the cosmos. You can keep on adding noughts to make it seem more sensible. But at the end of the day, it still takes a lot of faith. To believe man's ideas. So what about us? How do we know the word of truth? The Bible is so explicit about this this is the word of truth from my perspective the dawkins and the hitchens are not truth they're ideas but they're not truth here is the truth the bible gives us the truth in god and in jesus christ there is the truth this is a word of truth it's not a lie it's not a deception it is simply the truth it is simply that jesus came out of the love of god for us to bring salvation to us that is the truth and so the bible is very clear in this passage in ephesians you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation you believed what you heard there is that wonderful moment when you believed what you heard, not only in some general belief, but in a belief that reaches into your heart about you. Yes, I believe Jesus died for me. I believe. And when that happens, God's response is one of thrill and joy. And he gives us the Holy Spirit, this indwelling Holy Spirit. We've received his Holy Spirit. And then there's this response in our spirit. We say, yes, it's true. The Spirit of God within us proclaims the truth. And we agree and say, yes, my spirit, I know in my knower. <laughs> that this is true it's the word of truth 
And what does it say? It says in verse 13, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. You were sealed. It's like the old-fashioned seals on letters, the wax poured on, and the seal that says mine, the seal that says I am his and he is mine, the seal that says Jesus is my saviour, the seal that says I'm going to be shaped into his life, that my life and his life will be together. We're sealed. It's done. It's settled. It's secured. It's stamped. It's locked in. It's established. Nothing can change this now. God has put his seal on me, on you, the moment you believed. The moment you believed, the Spirit of God came. Boom! New life. Ransomed, redeemed, reconciled, justified, born again. Sealed for an inheritance yet to come. Wow, isn't that amazing? Doesn't it stir your heart? Don't you feel, yeah, oh, I want to give thanks to God again. I do. <laughs> I, have to, I have some more to say, but I can't wait to get to the end, really, and start worshipping God. <laughs> yep, almost want to do that now. Hey, I'm sealed. I'm sealed in him. God has done it. It's his initiative. So why are we so sure? Well, let's turn over the page to chapter 2. And in chapter 2, uh, there is this tremendous passage at the beginning of chapter 2, through 1 through 10, absolutely amazing. You need to read it again and again. I recommend it. It's a short version of Romans. And uh, if you don't want to read the whole of Romans, but I recommend that too, uh, you can read this passage 1 to 10 in Ephesians. And I'm just going to pick up verses 4 to 6 for the sake of time this morning. So chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. But God, but God. You know, Paul's been talking about how desperately, uh, how desperate our lives were, how desperately uh, we were caught up in our old life and how impossible it was to get out of it but god intervened god came and so but god when we were dead in our trespasses when we were dead to god when we were unresponsive to god when we were dead and dying with a hopeless future god being rich in mercy verse 4 because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive did you do it yourself was this some sort of diy salvation did you go to wix and b and q and see if they got salvation on the shelves somewhere 
No, no, no. God himself, the king of the universe, the creator, made us alive together with Christ, together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Raised up with him, seated with him, made us alive together with him. Are you getting the picture? The with hymns? Oh, the great love God had for us. Verse 4, the mercy, the love. He took the initiative to reach out to us. He took the initiative to pay the price. Jesus came to pay the price, to bring us all this benefit. Isn't that wonderful? We were dead, verse 5. We were dead, but God reached out and made us alive together with him. We are wrapped up in Jesus. Romans 6, 8 says, if we've died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We are wrapped up in his resurrection life. Because Jesus was raised, he was raised, in a sense, with us. We were raised with him. This salvation is something that is extraordinary because it reaches across time and time zones and, and reaches across centuries in a way that we can't imagine. Our minds are too small to imagine what God is doing that weekend, that one weekend. The extraordinary thing that God was doing that one weekend in Jesus. So we're made alive to a new life. We're born again to a new life. We're together with him. Is Jesus alive? Yes. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, you know, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then we are most to be pitied. But it's true. Jesus was raised from the dead. And we are raised with him. We're caught up with him. Our lives are in Jesus now. And so we get to verse 6. It's already happened, therefore. We've been raised. We've been seated. There's an eternal certainty here. It's already happened. Is Jesus raised and ascended and in heaven? Yes. And so are we in God's perspective, in God's environment, in God's place, as it were. We are there. There is a permanence to that. We're raised and seated. It's our eternal security, our eternal certainty hebrews 10 puts it like this hebrews 10 verse 14 says for by a single offering that one weekend two thousand years ago by a single offering jesus he has perfected note again the writer to the hebrews uses the same 
sense, the same tense, has perfected. It's already happened. Has perfected for all time. For all time. Will my perfection be rejected next year, next month, next week, tomorrow? No! It's for all time and into eternity. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. <laughs> what a mystery this is. There is a place, a heavenly place, in which we are seated already, in which we are raised with Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. And there is our life on earth now, our new life, which is a process of sanctification, which is making us more and more like Christ day by day. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit comes to us and gives us this assurance. You know, this week, Dom, uh, Dom Long, our pastor here, he got himself a new car. And um, this is a big event in Dom's life, new car. And uh, it was something that he's talked about and uh, selected and put a deposit down on his new car. And of course, once he put his deposit down on his new car, it was a guarantee that it would be his when he paid the full price. There's no question about it in his mind. He put a deposit on it. It was his as long as he continued to pay the full price. He would receive this car. And now he has. He's paid the deposit, he's paid the total, and now he has his new car. And he's in a sort of heaven. Well, the Holy Spirit is a deposit for us, guaranteeing that when the time comes, we will be in glory with him. When the time comes, what is already true as far as God is concerned, that we are seated with him in heavenly places, that will become a physical reality for us one day. It's already a spiritual reality, and the Holy Spirit within us says it's true, and our hearts respond and say, yes, Lord. I'm secure, I'm sealed, I'm safe, I'm yours, and you are mine. We're going to sing a couple of songs in a moment. The first one we've chosen comes uh, from the 1860s. It's an old hymn. Uh, I suppose you'd say 1860s is quite a long time ago now. Um, but it's a very famous hymn that has become more popular again recently. People have sort of rediscovered it. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And then we're going to follow that by a song written in 2015, very recently. 
that Jesus is faithful to the end. So let's just come before God for a moment now as we finish. Lord, we thank you so much for your love, for your mercy, and for this certainty that we are yours forever. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us or forsake us, and that we always have access to you. Thank you. Amen.